Welcome to Ormwood Church in Atlanta, Georgia, and to our podcast where we share our Sunday sermons for those in Ormwood Park, Atlanta, and beyond. Our mission is to welcome everyone to explore the living God in all of our neighborhoods, and we value welcoming others, opening our minds, being of service, and participating in whatever ways God calls us. We hope you learn, grow, and find a place to belong with us. Welcome to week two of our discipleship series. And if we're going to be disciples of Christ, we probably need to get to know him a bit. So that's what today is about. And your scripture for this morning is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verses 27 through 30. So listen now for a word from God. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, who do people say that I am? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, Jesus asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. So, we are a Christian church, and so we follow Jesus Christ. We are learners of Christ, or disciples of Christ, as we talked about in last week's sermon. But in order to learn from or with Jesus Christ, we've got to know a bit more about the guy, right? And since he lived 2,000 years ago, and we've got lots of material, not all of it source material, but we've got a lot to work with, it can be a bit overwhelming. So we're going to do a little breeze through of what people have said about Jesus over the last 2,000 years. And it's a breeze through. (laughs) So the first and earliest statement of Jesus' identity is what we read today. And we will return to it, don't worry. Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ. But it didn't stop there. The earliest creed or confession when people said, who is he, went a step further. They said, well, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. So they added some political flavor into it. Caesar isn't Lord. Jesus the Messiah is Lord. He's the one who determines my life, not the political ruler. That was a big deal. And then somewhere along the way, over 2,000 years, we have added one more detail, um, a popular evangelical phrase, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior, which is a little redundant if you ask me because Christ or Messiah means saving, but details, details. That's Jesus, right? Wrong. Humans are very prolific. We love to talk and write. So we have the Nicene Creed after a couple of centuries, and then its big sister, the Apostles' Creed, also an earlier statement about God and Jesus. And both of these creeds are about one to two paragraphs long, take it or leave it, and they talk about the Trinity. So three expressions of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But they spend a lot of the time on Jesus because that's what they were trying to figure out, right? So during the Reformation and around the time of the printing press, our forebears went nuts talking about Jesus. Have you ever tried to read a lot of the confessions, what they said about him, like the Scots Confession or Heidelberg Catechism or Second Helvetic Confession? Or maybe the most popular, the Westminster Confession, the shorter Westminster Catechism, longer Catechism. There is a lot out there. 
The ability to have their thoughts published and distributed might have made the reformers a bit heavy-handed in their statements on exactly who Jesus is. These statements about Jesus and about church and God revealed a lot about the people's experience of Jesus, and also about what they felt was being threatened, maybe by the Catholic Church or other expressions of Christianity. So people made statements defining exactly who they thought Jesus was. Luckily, the Protestants, in which tradition we lie, took a breather for a century or two. In the 1900s, we came up with a few more declarations, though. First, in our tradition, there is the Theological Declaration of Barman, which talks about Jesus in light of the atrocities of World War II and the genocide of the Jews. And then the Confession of 1967, which frames racial justice work in the light of Christ. And then there's the Confession of Belhar, crafted as a response to apartheid in South Africa. And then if you follow along with the discipleship guide we've been using, you read some of A Brief Statement on Faith, that was put out by the Presbyterian Church at the turn of the century. It's a new declaration of what we believe Jesus is in more modern language. And these are all just some of the officially recognized and sanctioned declarations about Jesus from the more prominent Orthodox or Protestant gatherings and projects. I can imagine that some of the most beautiful statements on who Jesus is have actually been uttered in your living rooms, maybe in front of a warm fire, or on mountaintops at the sunrise, or in kindergarten classrooms. All this to say, Jesus' question and mark, who do you say that I am, was important then, it's the hinge of the whole Gospel of Mark, but it's still important in the project of Christians across the world today. So let's return to Mark's Gospel and start there. Mark's thesis, or guiding statement, if you will, is the first sentence in his gospel. This is the good news of Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah. And then Mark goes silent on defining Jesus in those ways for the first eight chapters of the gospel. No mention of Jesus being the Christ, but instead the gospel shares many stories about Jesus' ministry, his teaching and miracles. But Mark is reluctant to use the word Christ again. And so the buildup happens of suspense. And finally, in chapter 8, things come to a head. For the first eight chapters of Mark, Jesus has traveled all the way up north in the region of Israel and is about to make a theological and geographical pivot to head south again towards Jerusalem. So you could say what we read today, these travels mark the apex of his ministry. And so does this conversation in Caesarea Philippi. Jesus starts the conversation by asking the disciples, who do the people say that I am? People have been talking about Jesus, both as followers and as admirers, but also those who find him threatening or a nuisance. And even the demons have been making declarations about who they think Jesus is in the Gospel of Mark. So there's the fear from Herod that Jesus is John the Baptist all over again, reincarnated after Herod beheaded him. Um, there is hope from fellow Israelites that Jesus is Elijah, an ancient prophet who instead of dying has taken up into heaven in a chariot. And Elijah's return could signal a political recovery. His power could overthrow Rome and lead the area into religious freedom again. Maybe a mighty king could even come like King David. So the disciples tell Jesus all of this. 
But the disciples have been closer to Jesus than anyone else. So he asks them, who do you think I am? And Peter speaks on their behalf, you are the Messiah. Or said another way, you are the Christ. Or said an even other way, you are the anointed one. Because whether you use the Hebrew or the Greek, it means the same thing. You, Jesus, are the one chosen by God. You are the one who's been anointed to be God's presence among us and save us. Now, next week, we will get into Jesus's version of the Messiah and what that means. And it's not what Peter or anyone else expected. It is suffering and dying and resurrection. It's not political triumph. It's surprising and liberating and transformational. It's certainly not boring. But for today, it's enough that we have a starting point for getting to know Jesus, for answering that question, who is Jesus? In Mark and in the other Gospels, Jesus is the one God chose, anointed to come to earth. He is anointed to lead us and save us and teach us and love us. The lessons, as we'll find out next week and the weeks to come, are not always easy ones. But God chose Jesus And as disciples, we choose to follow and learn from Jesus as well. Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Messiah. That title is the simplest one we have, and it is the core of discipleship, the starting point. Jesus is the one God chose to send to us to set us free. So it's hard to keep things simple, though, (laughs) especially with religion. Um, I think about the starting or the baseline name for God in the Hebrew Bible that Moses learned from the burning bush. God's name in the most basic form is I am, or I will be what I will be. That was God's self-disclosure, simple and open. And yet the Jewish religion added experiences and stories and insight into an ever-growing list of names and attributes for God, right? Once again, we are profuse. We are always attempting to say more or understand more or further define just exactly who God is, for better or worse. And from the simple title for Jesus, Messiah, Christians have done a similar thing. We've spent two millennia adding texture and stories and experiences. Some descriptions of Jesus Jesus are helpful. They're gleaning from Jesus' work with the poor or they're calling into question injustice. But some are are not. I think of the Crusades dedicated to Christ's political lordship, which, again, he never claimed for himself, but in fact rejected quite publicly. But we are often unsatisfied with the simple title for Jesus. And I'm sympathetic to this tendency of ours because life is not simple, and we are meaning-making machines. We're creatures that love to make meaning. We want to figure it out. But that is actually the beauty of Jesus's question of Mark. Who do you say that I am? Because the most important question Jesus asks is not what or why or how, it is who. Who do you say that I am? And getting to know a person is a lifelong process. It is a developing of relationship. It's an unfolding through stories and experiences and disagreements and recoveries. It's a relationship not necessarily a declaration. And God chose to send Jesus to do that saving relationship work. So as we walk this road of discipleship, 
we might get bogged down on questions of discipleship, like what am I supposed to be doing? Or is that possible? Or why is this happening? And I invite you in times of frustration or confusion to return to the question that encompasses all of that. Who is Jesus? Who is this person I'm to follow? And it is in developing a relationship with the who that we begin to encounter just how Jesus is our Messiah. Amen.